You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 152, covering The Passenger and Move Along Home with Kevin Lynch. Hello, friends. Time once again for us to do our thing, and uh, Flonk's here. Flonk. Hey, Flonk. I haven't, I haven't found a smooth way to say hi, friends, and then hi, guest, because the guest already is a friend, but I feel like they need special greeting that doesn't just fall under friends. You know what I'm saying? Like, Hello, everyone! Friend, right. Flonk. There yeah, there, you, there it is. There we go. I'll remember that for next time. <laughs> the guy oh. the guy in one of these episodes had a bit of a hairy mud look to him, didn't he? Oh, yeah. A little bit, yeah. Only, only it was 1993, and they should have known better. Yeah. But, only hairy and hairy mud. That's right. And uh, and he never did again. Nope. That's the sad part. Uh, we mm. ran into a couple of not great episodes this time. Boy, did we ever. Holy jeez. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to I got to ask Flonk, did you did you choose this on purpose? Did you want to come in the, the sort of mid-season slump? Uh I remember specifically the one that I picked is the worst episode in the entire run of the series. So I figured this is the one yeah. to do. Why according not? To memory alpha, according to Memory Alpha, they picked what I would have picked for the for the best one, which is the episode called In the Pale Moonlight, which you guys would probably rank very high as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. We would. And um, and they picked that for the, they picked our second episode for the worst one. They, so uh, that's a good sign. But before we get to the ridiculous, oh, my God, what the fuck were they thinking episode, first, there's the boring one. Uh, so Matt, that's why fun. don't you tell us? Yeah. Why don't you tell it? Why don't I tell you about the boring one? Why don't you tell us about the passenger? No, I don't want to. Well, I could read your summary, but that feels a little disingenuous. So Kira and Julian are on a bonding road trip where they, when they drive past a ship that's on fire. So they stop to investigate and find some alien cop chick and soon-to-be-dead serial killer, Rao Vantica. Remember that name, because you will hear it a million times. Vantica dies in a fire, but curses Julian to forever walk the earth, carrying Vantica's soul within him. Everyone pretends that this isn't the most obvious thing in the world, but uh, it is. Kira, cop chick, Julian, and Julian's new brain buddy return to the station, where Odo is preparing for an incoming shipment of Make Vantica Live Foreverium that's due to arrive. Apparently Vantica was going to steal it, but now that's impossible with him being dead and all, right? Uh-huh. So anyway, the mysterious murderer from Clue threatens Quark with a lead pipe to wrestle up some mercenaries for Vantica, and then Vantica hijacks Bashir's body and escapes. Uh, Vantica Bashir calls Cisco to talk slowly and menacingly, and then DS9 shoots his ship with a tractor beam, stunning Vantica for some reason, and causing Bashir to overreact all over the damn place. Back on the station, Vantica's brain is put into a Simon game. The and then end. shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then just incinerated right in front of everyone. <laughs> well, Prime Directive can't be done, can't, can't do anything about it. I, I think they were just bored it. and stopped paying attention. Wait, did she yeah. actually shoot him? Oh, well. Uh, you'd think I'd pay attention to something like that. Oh, well, what's for lunch? <sighs> whatever. Yeah, this this was... This just, was... I mean... This was whatever. I, uh... In my notes, I, I have a couple of times, I was like, what is this Braga bullshit? It mm-hmm. felt very much like that Brandon Braga magic dream stuff. With the uh, added benefit of having a ghost, apparently. Yeah, there was a ghost and a brain possession, the two greatest TNG cliches. And they solve mm. everything with a laser at the end. Yep. No, they solve everything by, like, reversing the polarities and shooting a special beam at yep. something. Shoot a beam with it, and <clears throat> that'll cause uh, Bashir to freak the fuck out all over the damn place. Oh, my God. You were not kidding when oh. you said he overacts <sighs> all over the place. What? Ah! Oh! What? Ah! Oh, the lightning! <laughs> Grabbing his head and swashing back and forth. I can't. Oh, flunk! Your bad thing was was uh, something very specific about his his acting. We definitely need to discuss yeah. that. Oh, it's, yeah. it's his evil voice, which is just like his regular voice, but much slower. I noticed a tendency to deepen it slightly, and he enunciates. A little more. It is, as they probably don't say on Earth, really stupid. Yep. And he has these speeches that just go on and on and on, and it doesn't help that he takes five minutes to say a sentence anyway. No. 
No, it's just just not good. And um, at at no point was I convinced. Wow, this guy's really scary. You better do what he says. No, he's just a fucking goofball. Yep. And it's like I, trying I, to get a pizza order from Swamp Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just think of that, or is that a comic? No, that I would read that comic. I just thought of that. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't kept up with comics lately. For all I know, yeah. I mean, he does order a lot of pizzas now. now. The new Fifty Two is weird. Yeah, a little bit. You really get a veggie lover's pizza with that, but uh, you don't want to eat the tuber, trust me. <laughs> Flunk, what was your good thing? Uh, I like to see um, when this, how the station functions, um, specifically in this episode, as both a Bajoran and a Federation station. Um, there's this guy, uh, Lieutenant Primen, who's the head of Starfleet security on the ship. And um, I like that idea. They don't really do anything with it, but it's it's a good concept. No, and this one and the next one are his only two appearances, and then he just goes away. Is yeah. that his name, Lieutenant Primen? Yeah, yeah. Okay, which sounds like a vegetable. Elvis. Well, he's got a he's got a definite bouffant thing going on there. He's got the the bit of the puffy hair up front. He's got a bit of and the, puffy the face bit of a slight southern too. accent to him. So it's you know it's easy to think of him as Elvis. Actually, he reminded me more of Johnny Bravo, frankly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not that familiar with Mr. Bravo's oeuvre. So uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well. You know, I got a lot of Star Trek to watch. <laughs> That's understandable. You can't, you can't watch everything. Uh, but no, um, I I also like that sort of dynamic of like we got Odo and we've got the other guy, and they have to learn how to work together. They'll they'll do this to much greater effect later on, and I I won't spoil anything specifically, yeah. but they no. will they will once again have the Federation uh, or Starfleet uh, security uh, position and open up. When Worf shows up, that's kind of half his deal too. Yeah, it's, it's more of a tactical thing with him, I think, yeah. though. Yeah. But like I, more to do with war-type stuff. But, I mean, I do like I like the idea of Odo, who's very clearly not going to play by your Federation rules. And, you know... Yeah, every, it's a great effect week, in the next episode. Yes. Every week we get his, I don't care what the rules are, I'm just going to go violate these people's civil, civil rights and, uh, you know, break into their things or whatever. Why do they Can you tell he was trained by Cardassians? Well, that's a good point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Never really thought of it like that. But yeah, it's it's it is interesting. In fact, that was uh, that was also my good thing. I specifically the conflict between them. Mm. Like you're saying, you like it, Flunk, as as sort of a dynamic to show how the station works. I specifically yeah. like it on a character level, where Odo threatens to quit because he always does that. Sure. And uh, in, unless uh, Cisco specifically says that he's in charge because yeah. he doesn't like the whole, uh, you know, and and again, it's what makes this show great. Even in a terrible episode, there's some conflict. Yep. There's characters that don't like each other, that are that are rubbing each other the wrong way, and, and that's how you make a, a good drama, is with conflict. I'm not going to keep doing my job if you don't tell me I'm good at my job and let me be in charge of it. Well, fine, then. You're good at your job. Jeez. I put a gold star on your sticker. You want a biscuit <laughs> or something? God. Stop calling me constable. I'm the chief. Call me chief. Well, what about when Chief O'Brien's here? Wouldn't that be confusing? Well, you can call him Chief Two. <laughs> Why am I not Chief One? Wait, so Why is not? Chief Two you higher can... than Chief One or not? <laughs> you can call me Commissioner. <laughs> I like how you're tying uh, bad at math Cisco back into this. <laughs> I love bad at math Cisco. Flog, I don't know if you're caught up on the show yet yes. or not. But, uh, okay. That's our new hilarious character. Next Gen had Armis. <laughs> It's not as bad at Math Commander Cisco. I mean, he's no Groppler Zorn, but who is, really? Well, <laughs> Zorn. That is a name I have not thought of in a couple of months now. Boy, I think of it every problem. time I'm at the store and looking for some apples. <laughs> if only I had them right now. <laughs> no, that's not true. I thought of him a couple of weeks ago when Vishal drew him on that great cover art. Yeah. That dude, that dude draws some pretty great... Uh, Naked Groppler's horns. Yeah, for for you don't get uh, you don't get better value for your buck than uh, than Vichelle's naked Groppler's horn. That is true. Many people can say that. That is a good point, Matt. Hi. Say a good thing about this episode. No. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I well, thought, fair enough. Uh, I thought well, it's blank in this document here, so maybe you couldn't uh, think of one. I thought uh, Bone Ridge Chick shooting the Simon game that they stuck Vantica in was pretty funny. Yeah, that was. That Am was I reaching? Nice. Yes. No, no, no. That was that was a nice little. They tried to make it badass, and it didn't quite get pulled off well, that way. But I, but she's like, uh, so the tri the prisoners transfer back to me, right? Yep. Pew. 
But I, I think it would have probably gone over better if it didn't look like Dax was desperately trying not to giggle. Well, yeah. that is a fair point. Like, really? Yeah. This is this is not the time to be laughing, old man. A man <laughs> is dead. <laughs> the thing is, in in um even in episodes like this, this show does have a, a very strong concentration in character, mm-hmm. and you still get some good Odo Quark scenes. You get some, you know, you, you get you get a lot of good stuff between a lot of different characters, and uh, it's nice. Yep. Yeah, but that's it. That's yeah, all yeah, I got. no, that's you're right. <laughs> There's, there, yeah. it's hard because this episode was just so dull. There was it's so bland. It, th- yeah. This run of like um, six or eight episodes here is is the uh the pinnacle of the rejected TNG scripts phase yeah, of the this show. Totally could have been a, a next gen episode. Oh, easily. I think even, it even um, the, uh, it even has the TNG style title. Yeah. I oh yeah, yeah, the passenger. Yeah. Well, yeah. Iris Stephen Bear, I think it was, said like. He he didn't hate this episode, but he's like, we could have just swapped out Bashir for Jordy, and there wouldn't have been yep. a difference. Jordy probably would have played him better too. Yeah, probably. Maybe yeah, we would have yelled all of his threatening lines at the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been worse, though. It could have been the next Captain, episode. Captain, there's a dude in my head. <laughs> Jordy, why are you talking so slow? I don't know. Jordy, um, Jordy, you're talking so slow. What's wrong with you? I'm blind! <laughs> <laughs> what was your bad thing, Matt? This uh, this episode could not have been more obvious about Bashir being possessed. Like, the episode is called The Passenger. That mm-hmm. means that there's going to be a dude living in someone's head. That's just what that means. Yep. Yep. And like for a show that's done body swap stuff before, like we've done body swap and soul storage and all that bullshit. Like it was a yep. main part of Star Trek Three, but it's just so dumb in this episode. Yep. And I mean, a part of that has to do with the fact that Vandica could not be less threatening. Well, we saw the the only time we saw the real guy was when he was dying on the floor. So already we're not really perceiving him as the threat that that she is. Yeah, she's like building him up to be like this big mean Hannibal Lecter kind of guy and yeah. he's just a, a dead guy a, with a generator under his fingernail. It, he's like that, a he's like a smuggler. Like that's the worst thing yeah. that he does is is hijack a, a shipment of whatever. That, like that's the problem. They tell us he's Hannibal Lecter, but they show us the least threatening dude on the cat in the cast who's not Quark and then right. give him a stupid voice. I seriously to this point thought that everyone in this ensemble was a good actor and now uh, um Joe America, whatever his name was before he changed it to Joe America. Sidig mm-hmm. uh, El which I'm sure I'm saying wrong. Yeah. He, um... Sorry, sorry, Bill. Yeah, sorry, Sid. Actually, they all called him Sid. So we could just, we could just assume that he's familiar right. and call him Sid. Sid, buddy, listen. Learn to act. <laughs> I, I mean, like, he will go, he will become a decent actor. Maybe it's one of those they learn how to write to his strengths. Yeah. Like they did with Troy. Yeah. Like, it took them a while, but then they it, figured out how to write choices. It might be. I don't know who directed this one, but that might be part of the problem, too. There were some weird directing choices in both of these episodes, and, and I noted it in, in the other episode. was directed by the dude who directed um, uh, Generations, David Carson. Ah, well, there you go. And it's like, come on. No, that film was directed competently. Mm. You can't say that it wasn't. Watch me. The, they pointed the camera at things, and stuff happened. And you, you couldn't could see what anything that the camera was pointed at. There were no lights. That's mm. not true. First contact sucked. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I thought Damn we were done with this conversation. <laughs> no, I just I I I think if you're gonna hand your your big budget movie over to someone, maybe he shouldn't be shooting crotch shots the entire time. Yeah, That's yeah. Just, especially you know. of the state of the uh, of the ship's child. Yeah, there were there were some unpleasant uh, yeah, was uncomfortable. shots from Jake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little little uncomfortable. But that was in the other episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which, if nothing else, was more interesting. This one, like you say, was just incredibly so boring. Bland. Yeah. Uh, my bad thing, there was there was a cornucopia of things to choose from, but I decided on the Bajoran space pirates with the bandanas on their heads. And who was one of those space pirates? Ah, Christopher Collins, a.k.a. Chris Lada, a.k.a. Uh, Cobra Commander and Starscream. A.k.a. that fat Klingon guy. Yep. And he would he would die soon after this, probably of shame. <laughs> Now they, he's got uh, the, there's a, a smuggler dude that that Quark's working with. Great alien design on the one guy. Oh yeah, that yeah. dude looked cool. Yeah, but and it's it, like 
like this show's been doing for quite some time. You know, just all the aliens. Yeah, I should have made much, that my good you know. thing, but I was distracted by the fact that, like, the show's full of cool-looking aliens. Yeah, that's true. And this is, you know, any given week you're going to get them, and except for except for the next episode again. But oh, then yeah. you get to um, you get to Chris Lada, and it's like the 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 customer just saw pirate in the script and gave him a bandana and a vest and the. It just... Yeah, but it's like it's like gay pirate. Yeah. Like he's yeah. in, he's in these like lavender rags. Yeah. Oh, he's a space pirate, huh? Well, let's pirates his Penzance a little bit. I guess. I was very disappointed that Quark didn't give them some laser whips. Yeah. <laughs> You know he's got to have at least one line around his quarters, right? Well, it probably came with his action figure, yeah. so I assume so. I mean, they all do, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. I I get a feeling we're not going to have a lot to say about this one. It was just kind of very standard and kind of yeah. dumb. I will say they, this: they you... tried out the um the old humans only use the small percentage of your brain, and so Vantica's hiding in the rest of the brain. What? Oh, That's so right. fucking dumb. Yeah, that's not exactly what that means, no. first of all. And yeah, it just it doesn't really make lots of sense. Um what else? Let's see. I like we get a good close up of the mugs they use at Quark's bar and I kinda really want one now. <laughs> they found them at like an IKEA or someplace like that. No kidding. Yeah. I'm gonna track that down. Do they still have IKEA in the future? Oh, I meant the yes, real thing. Yeah, I know, but uh <laughs> It's populated would... by super intelligent lamps. That would be a that would be an episode that I would watch, like the the DS9 senior staff going to IKEA to buy some new furniture to replace all the old Cardassian stuff. Screw that! I want to see Odo and Quark try to put the, try to put a table together. Oh God! <laughs> Clark, hand me slot B. Did you lose the Allen wrench? Clark. <laughs> Flunk. This has nothing to do with the episode, but I gotta ask: weren't you before you had seen Deep Space Nine? Weren't you the one who called it the Space Mall? I uh, sort of. I okay. I was writing. A science fiction thing, and I was using Star Trek as like my my basis for it, right. and um, not fan fiction, of course not, because that'd be nerdy. No. And yeah. um, that turned into my comic strip, Space Mall. Right. I I what I uh, sort of gathered at the time was that you thought DS Nine looked dumb. Yeah, and yeah. You, at the time, I hadn't watched it. it as a space like, yeah, well, well it's a I mean, space if mall. you go by like episodes like this and the next, yeah, one. exactly. No, I mean we all we all resisted this show at first mm -hmm. for yeah. for various reasons. It was you know, this isn't next gen. What do I want to watch this for? Mm. But uh, okay, because I've been I've been making the the you know making jokes based off space mall, and I just want to make sure I'm attributing them correctly. It's close enough to correct. Yeah, very well. Or promenade as they call it, which somehow sounds futuristic and old timey at the same yep. time. I don't really understand that. Much like that the rest of the show. Western thing again. Yeah, I guess that's true. And we, we find out that uh, Odo doesn't want to be called Constable. No, he wants to be called Chief. Oh, that's right. We covered that already. <laughs> See what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, There's a medical uh, transporter. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that was neat. Is that how they, like, do appendectomies in the future? I think yes, so, yeah. it makes sense. Kind of makes sense, but wouldn't you have to, I don't know, seal some wounds up or something? Mm, Probably, but they can yeah. do it with lasers. Yeah, but then you'd have to open them up. So what's well, the point? Well, you send of nanites or something in. Oh, okay. Yeah, those always go well. Yeah. yeah, nanites fix everything. Yeah, that's true. You transport the appendix out, and you transport a band aid in. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. The end. The end. Or you Great transport story, some guy's brain waves into a coaster, <sighs> and then you shoot the coaster. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. What are you going to do? Put the coaster in prison? That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody look in that box. No, you put him in the Phantom Zone, that spinning mirror, the movie Phantom Zone. <laughs> That's really all I got. Yeah, like, I'm looking yes, at my notes. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. There's, there's no notes for me either. There's, there's just a lot kind of, of long pauses there's here. Nothing we're, yeah. very remarkable about this stupid, no. stupid episode. But tell, tell me this, Flunk. Oh. You're watching Voyager right now, very slowly. Uh, yes. And uh, like, I know you'll take a break and watch an entire other series, and then come back. Pretty to Pretty much. But uh, is this is this Voyager bad? No, it is not that bad. Bad for bad for DS9. It's bad for still, DS9. Yeah. Bad for next. It, this is like second season, next generation. Yeah, and given that it's like the eighth episode or something, it's still pretty damn impressive. Yeah, and next gen was at like Justice at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this is better episode than Justice. That's for damn sure. Yeah, it's just not very remarkable. No, it's not and, at all. Like the bad stuff in it. Make just makes it a lot worse. Yeah, you know? but it's still it's still just like the bad stuff isn't even uniquely bad. 
Like no. in the next episode, there's some weird shit that yeah. happens only in this episode, and it's only you know, like it's sort of unique and and weird. Mm. This is just the same shit we've seen a million times before, yeah. so that makes it less good. All right, can we can was, we move forward? Then? Yeah. Well, I was else? thinking that maybe Bashir and O'Brien, like the first time they start bonding with each other, is when they just start talking about being possessed. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. They're possessed buddies. Yeah. Well, you go through. Man, you that's weird. Isn't it? You don't forget something like that. So I was gone for like point. four weeks. What did you get up to? Oh, nothing much. I was possessed by a uh, by a serial killer. Oh, really? I had that happen to me once. It was pretty weird. <laughs> My house. Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll go respond to some emergency repair job later. Wink, wink. <laughs> At the dark board. <laughs> the dark board. <laughs> you got a quote for us? I Matt? do indeed. This is from the. Uh, this is Odo and uh, Cisco talking about Odo being constable or whatever. I like you, Odo. Yeah, did I mention that Odo didn't like to be called constable? I don't he does think not I like to be up. called constable. Yeah. Also, he quits. Yeah, he quits all the time. He quits more than Worf. <sighs> yeah. No, Worf just goes on vacation Worf, half the Worf time. Worf quit, quit like three times, I think. That's. Uh, I can think of the one time you you might be. You might be right that he's done it more than once. I was going on vacation. Yeah. Look, I got a lot of personal time off, okay? I, you know, I got to burn through See, what I did was I worked for 15 years and I never took a single day off, so now I can just leave whatever I want. His whole time on DS9 is just just a vacation. Doesn't even count. Well, that's why Nemesis, he just shows back up and everyone's going away. Yep. I'm back. Makes sense to me. Mr. Worf, I thought you quit. Nope. Vacation. (laughs) Ah, and how was the home world? No, not this time. <laughs> really? What it has, else the hell do you do? It has a name, you know. Yeah, but we're not allowed to say it on TV for some reason. <laughs> Turns out Kronos is like, slang for your deal. <laughs> <laughs> Just slang for your deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, why don't we move along to move along home? Oh, good. Moving right along. Like I, like I say, boring episodes are not as good as stupid episodes yeah. for this show. Like when we got a good stupid episode, we can sink our teeth into. That's that usually. Oh, and this is a nice juicy one, then. Yep. Oh, that tends to be when people like this show best. When we're really gushing about a a really great one, or when we're really angry at a really terrible one. Like those, those seem to be the uh, the episodes that people like the best. So, uh, no pressure. But one. Yeah. Well, then strap in for the hilarity, folks. All right, so it's a busy day at Deep Space Nine. We're about to meet the official, env- the first official envoy from the Gamma Quadrant. Cisco's looking forward to meeting some dudes and find out what their deal is. Who will it be? The wily Vorta? The fearsome Jem Hadar? The mysterious Changelings? Oh, it's a bunch of face painters. So I guess their deal is sports then? Um, except this is a show written by nerds, so by sports, I mean board games. The Wadi, as they're apparently called, don't want to deal with formalities and itchy dress uniforms that want to fuck off to the bar and play pool, which I can understand. Um, so they do. All night. Cisco gets bored and goes home, and Quark, sick of seeing them win every game they play, cheats. He's found out, and the Wadi punish him by making him play a different game. Okay? It's some kind of giant 3D sorry board, and all the pieces on the board represent real people. Oh, by the way, um, Cisco, Kira, Dax, and Bashir woke up in some kind of crazy maze. I probably should have mentioned that. The choices Quark makes on the game board reflects what uh, affect what happens to them in the maze. This is mostly a lot of crap puzzles with no intuitive answers, useless NPCs. I think there was an ice level? Really terrible game design. The crew looks up game FAQs on the tricorder and shoots right to the end. It's an underground level, but before they can find the hidden Starman, Dax hurts her leg. And even though the cave is collapsing around them, the crew refuses to leave her, and eventually everyone tumbles to their death. <laughs> then they pop up in the bar perfectly fine, and there was never any real danger, so it was all bullshit, and who gives a fuck? Am I sure I'm not watching Voyager? Flunk, why are you watching Voyager? I don't know anymore. I'm almost really done, that's question. why. <laughs> At this so point, it's just become a matter of wills. Can I okay. defeat the Braga? Yeah, but then you're going to have to do it again. No, I don't. Well, as a regular guest... <laughs> I can show, watch the occasional episode. Of... That's not... Well, okay. I'd like it if you guys could follow along so you know when we reference, you know... I'll be following me. along again when Enterprise pops up. I'm on record as being a fan of that. All right. That's fine. You know, this was an incredibly stupid, just profoundly stupid episode. But on the other hand, it felt like this could have been an episode of the animated series. Oh, yeah, totally. It really yeah. had that animated like it feels... series vibe to it. 
it feels sort of Star Trek still. Yeah, like just not in a good way. It's that really yeah. goofy Star Trek, though, you know. Right. Yeah, the but kind I, of Plato stepchildren. Just it, it's oh, Star yeah. Trek, but it's terrible. Yeah, it's not. It's not great, it's, but it. It's Star Trek. You should feel bad about. Yeah. <laughs> and I do. <laughs> so good. But but there's there's a lot of moments where you're just sort of shaking your head, or you have to laugh just because it's so bad. I mean, uh-huh. it holds it holds your attention at least until the end when they're in the caves for like seven acts. Oh, yeah, that just like, goes on forever. Yeah, it does. But prior to that, I don't understand how this game works as a game. And I say that you're as not meant to. Who plays board games? And they even mm-hmm. say in the thing, "Oh no, we're not going to explain the rules. You just figure it out as you go because we're it's really like, lazy and don't feel like writing any." It's like, okay, so we start off with the jump on with the hopscotch level, which, you know, fine. I remember that from various video games that I've played over the years. Mm. Then we yeah, move that's on the tutorial the... where you learn how to move and, and push the use button. Then we right. move on to the poison dinner party level. Uh-huh. Which, what? Uh-huh. Where, like, the solution is told to you because everyone in the room is drinking the same wine. Yep. And then we move on to the cave level. And, between, and that one goes on for quite some time. Oh, God. I think they're still in that cave. And each one of these levels has a, like, wander around in the hallway trying all of the doors level. Well, yeah, that's oh, the and, map. And spare us no door, either. No. Make sure to try every single one and show us all of them. Cisco spends, like, 20 minutes per door trying to open a door. And then yep. he'll go and back. And tries the same door. Yep. And then Kira will go check it behind him just to make sure. I don't think you opened the door quite right. Yep. Kira's still very angry about everything at this point. Yeah. Smashing the door button. Which is actually my good thing. There's a bit where they're like, uh, this must be some kind of an alien test or something. And Bashir and Dax and, and Cisco are like, huh, well, that's Starfleet for you. Yep. <laughs> and Kira's like, oh, no, I'm not in Starfleet. I don't want to put up with this. Bu- Look, this might be every day for you guys, but I got fucking work to do. <laughs> this is a nice little speech she has. That would have been my quote if, if this were my episode. I got a friggin' report that needs to be on Odo's desk by tomorrow morning. I do not have time to play hopscotch again. Right. My parents were murdered right in front of me in a prison camp. I don't really have time for whimsical fucking it was a test bullshit, yeah. okay? I actually love she says that to Bashir at one point. She's like, I don't think you're taking this seriously, Doctor. And he's clearly like, no, this is exactly the sort of thing I would love to spend my time doing because I'm that big a dork. Uh, the thing is, it seems like Dax, or at least the Dax we know from a little bit later, would also sort of be into this. Yeah. Because it seems like she's, you know... The, yeah, that's what I, I had... That was going to be my good thing until I watched the episode and I realized, oh, that's not quite the case. No, no. not really. Bashir's more into it than she is, I yeah. would say. Mm-hmm. But, you you know. can tell because when we find him, he's just strapped to a wall and screaming for no reason. <laughs> Which, by the <laughs> way, more great Bashir acting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, um, Dax was originally supposed to be in, I think it was Birthright Part 1 or yes. Part 2, one yeah. of those, in Next Gen. And Dax ended up being in this whole episode, so she couldn't spare the time. Bashir gets voted off or falls out or dies or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. And so he's only in about half the episode, and that gave the actor the time to go over in Next Gen. And Terry Farrell's kind of pissed off about that, apparently. <laughs> I wanted to go be on the other show. That's too bad, because, uh, like... Bashir and, and Data, I remember that episode. Bashir and Data had some really good chemistry. I enjoyed that. They did. That was fun. But, you know, I, it's, it's, it was uh, either stick around in one of the worst episodes they've ever done or go over on the other good show. Yeah. Hmm. What do you choose? I think she chose poorly. Picard is doing. Hello, Jean-Luc. I was possessed last week. That's Captain. What a thing to happen. Who's a lay? Ah. I had a monster in me brain. Replicator, replicate me <laughs> a pizza hamburger. Ugh. Reprogram this thing. Chief O'Brien gave it a, just a grumbly butler voice. <laughs> Flunk, tell me a good thing. I don't know if I can. Um, oh, come on. I like scenes with Cisco and Jake together. These weren't particularly great. They didn't even warrant mentioning in my summary, but. They have a good chemistry together, and then Papa Cisco does make a good contrast to Badass Cisco. He's definitely a different person, like when he goes home. It's nice to see him sort of switch off the. Yeah, you know, take off his Mister Rogers sweater and like, oh, he's he's a different person now. Yeah, exactly. I and re- the the chemistry between those two is just fantastic. I remember yeah. reading an interview with uh, with Avery Brooks that he was really he wanted to be really sort of like hands on and tactile with his relationship with Jake because that's how mm-hmm. I guess he that's how he is with his kids. Like he like is always hugging him and shit. Uh huh. 
And you know, that's sort of like I I I like that. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't come off as overly TV like you know I'm a schmaltzy sitcom. No, dad. it's just it's a dude who yeah. really loves his son and loves spending time with his son. You know, yeah. like it's it feels really genuine. And the weird like tones of voice he gives him for like you know when they're when they're kind of fucking around or when they need to talk about something serious or there's a there's a nice little bit where um where Jake's like yeah you know girls and he's like oh boy I guess we need to have the talk now <sighs> and that's a you know that's a scene that we've seen play out a hundred times in a hundred bad sitcoms but but for some reason yeah just, it works it with work. the two of them because they're they're good yeah. actors and they work well together yeah yeah exactly I also and I just it, love his horror at to. Uh, uh, Jake learning about sex from Nog of all people. Yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> why wouldn't you want to learn about the opposite sex from a Ferengi? That would be, you know. Well, gee, Nog, I don't know why women aren't all naked all the time. <laughs> that's a really good question. I think they do have that conversation later. Yeah, probably. Oh, God. And Nog, I don't think ever quite uh, lets go. Oh, of yeah, that, they do they? on that bad one where they go on a date, where they go on a double date. Oh, oh God, I forgot God. about that. Yeah, I forgot. About... Oh, God, that's a rough one. <laughs> I, that sounds like a B plot, though. I can't imagine it that is was a, a B full plot, episode. Yeah, really it was the B plot. B plot. I don't remember what the main plot was, but yeah, that was that was not a good B plot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about an ensemble show is sometimes you're going to get B plots that are, you know, yeah, like not as exciting as maybe the ship is in. Yeah, I was about to say at least you know. yeah, sparklers aren't threatening the ship this time. Uh-huh. Right. Exactly. Uh, what about your bad thing? Uh, the Wadi. They are just these shitty, shitty aliens, and everything about them is lazy. They're just some moldy dudes in wizard robes with crap paint on their face. They don't even get a forehead bump. The writing is terrible. They speak in these stereotypically cryptic half-sentences. They make these stupid hand gestures that you've seen a million other aliens make. Fuck you, Waddy. I'm glad the Dominion blew up your planet. <laughs> now, we don't know that. I don't no, care. but, you know... You you uh, you deductive reasoning me through your uh, through yeah. your logic there, and it, it's sound. Yeah, the way I see it is that if the the Wadi are the first people that we really meet, so therefore mm-hmm. their planet must be closest to the wormhole. So when the war machine starts going, the Jem'Hadar just set up space on the Wadi homeworld and grind their fucking game factory into oblivion. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. So far, it looks like the Gamma Quadrant is just full of dicks. Yep. Yeah. Like, Dicks uh, clustered around the back around the back door. <laughs> yep, and we, you know, we've we've said we're not going to talk too much about spoilers. We're not going to talk about you know the you know yeah, Splunk, the specifics. Me- Splunk mentioned them by name, but if you don't know who they are, that doesn't really mean anything yeah, to no. you. So, um, but yeah, so far, so far, that's all we get is is a Dicks chasing a guy around, which is basically a type of game. Yep. Yeah, and then and then these guys. So it's all just fucking whimsy. Yeah, some fucking fox Deadly hunters whimsy. and we, board game players. We got yeah, the I hunters. Guess. We got the board game players. Next week, ch- chill as the as DS Nine is attacked by taxidermy enthusiasts. Oh boy! <laughs> or someone who wants you to play Twister. Yep. Oh wait, that might have been Gamesters of Triskelion. Uh it's basically the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can give the original series a pass though because it was 1968 or whatever. Yeah, know any better. But now, you know, yeah, now we know what good TV is like. Plus, uh, that, the main dude, the main Wadi dude, totally looked like he could have just been on uh, on the original series. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Had a, he had a very sort of, like I was saying, Harry Mudd vibe, only, mm-hmm. you know, not as cool. The casino well, it was the magician. 90s, so he had a goatee instead of a mustache. Right. The casino magician mask. <laughs> God. Now, we've never met before, have we? <laughs> Also, uh, side note: I've, I may have said this before, but I think Paul F. Tompkins should play Harry Mudd in the. Uh, oh yeah. yes. No, we we talked about that when uh, before uh, Into Darkness came out. Right. About how great that would be. That's just I'm, I can't let that one go. No. Just every part of it. Just that's imagining him it's playing brilliant. the role. Well, yeah. Everybody gets one, Matt. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> mine. <laughs> uh, you got a good thing. I do indeed. And guess what? It's fucking Odo again. Well, yes. Odo, who has quickly become my favorite character. I, he has this scene with Jake that I really like where, you know, Jake's looking for his dad, his dad's vanished, and it's like a quick little tiny scene, but it's the first time I can remember them interacting, and it's really neat. Yeah. I also uh, I also really like his converse, his sarcastic conversation with uh, Elvis Impersonator Security Guy. <laughs> that was where pretty great. The guy's like, well, you can't just go over there. Oh, can I not do that? Is that well, not no, what he, Star Fleet even... would do? He gets all, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't realize. Oh. I didn't realize that was against Starfleet regulations. Oh. Surely you can press a couple of buttons. 
Quark. Quark. <laughs> what? I didn't do anything. No, I just had to get into the voice. Ah. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Quark. 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 <laughs> Quark. <laughs> Was, Flunk was saying a week or two ago that he was he, he was jealous. That, I was. Uh, I've been practicing my quark all week. <laughs> and then the episode would have thrown you for a turn, and it would have been a uh, a Keiko episode. Yeah, right. Oh, that one I can do easily. Oddly enough, once that again, you have to stretch them out to about the same amount of time. <laughs> once again, they actually specifically mention that she's gone. I don't even think they mention Chief O'Brien. No. Yeah. But they do say that Keiko's gone to Earth right I now. I miss him. That's a bad thing that none of us talked about, but he's been gone for like three weeks now. Yeah, that's true. He was probably off making a movie or something. Yeah. Come back. He did that yeah, a lot. Right. I Come think back. that was like his agreement is that he would be on the show if they let him do movies. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what was your bad thing? Uh, here's the thing. Um... I really prefer never to see my uh, my Trek crews, no matter who they are, acting stupid. Um, <laughs> it's one of the reasons I hate Plato's stepchildren so much, and it's why I hate the hopscotch scene. Um, come on, guys, a little bit of dignity, please. See, I I would I put it to you that they maintain their dignity through that whole sequence. That that makes it even more ridiculous. <laughs> Because in, in Plato's Stepchildren, you get kind of Shatner and Nimoy looking like they just kind of gave up mm-hmm. and just sort of playing. No, I, I don't think Shatner gave up. I think he was well, giving it his all. Well, okay, but you you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it feels like they were they, they they weren't dignified in any way. Whereas even when they're doing the the hopscotch thing, there's something about it where they're still just kind of carrying themselves kind of rigid and still kind of. Here in particular is not happy and just uh, and she's, that was she, on her hilarious. like there's a look on her face of just I don't want to do this uh, but I have to sing this ridiculous song. This. Yeah, that fucking doctor's looking at me. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the nice thing is they'll be uh, they'll be married in real life in only a couple of years and divorced in only a couple more years. Yep. Um, early early Kira really kind of bugs me. Like, yeah. I've heard I've heard people's uh, criticisms of Kira just being this one note character. She's very angry all the time, whatever. And I know by the episode duet, she gets a little more fleshed out yeah. because there's some stuff that happens in that, and that's a season one episode. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, we got just perpetually angry at everything Kira, and I'm starting to notice when she pushes buttons, she fucking slams her finger down on the consoles. And, like, when she looks at someone, she turns her head really sharp. Like, everything she does is just so angry all the time. It's like, it's not even it's just like that dial she, it down. Yeah, have some tea. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Have some dip. Yeah, <laughs> calm down. Have some dip. It's like, it's not even that she doesn't have time for your bullshit. She doesn't have time for your regular shit either. Oh, she, she doesn't have time for anything. She doesn't have time for anything. She has time for freeing the Bajoran people. And now that that's done, she has time for keeping the Bajoran people free. Yeah. That's pretty much it. It's like, you got a hobby or something? Why would I need a hobby? <laughs> I'm busy yelling at people! But that said, like I said, for my good thing, that uh, Kira just, like, it's kind of a meta commentary on you Starfleet people always go through this bullshit. I do like that quite a bit. And I don't have to. Uh, as for my bad thing, well, board games are boring. Even on Star Trek. <laughs> I fucking hate board games. I mean, you know, look, it could be worse. They could be playing Monopoly. The episode See, will be all going board on games, for another four days. All I think board that's games the official board, board, game, board game of Frankenar. Is it? Well, yeah, I guess that would make sense. Mm-hmm. No, I just, I, I really am not a fan of, you know, let's pull out a million pieces and read all the stupid rules. And this episode is basically what I think of when someone says, let's play a board game. Yeah, so this is why I never invite you to game night. Yeah. That you live in another country. Well, there, there is that tiny little detail. <laughs> but no, I just, and, you know. And and then you always lose the little guy who goes into the bucket, which would be Odo, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, yeah. And, and so what they were going for apparently was a, a disturbing sort of prisoner vibe is what is what the, that uh, really pissed Alpha me said. off when I saw that. It's like we based this episode around Checkmate from the from the TV show, The Prisoner. I was like, yep. oh, fuck you. so so i i've seen the prisoner once all the way through when i was like 20 so it's i don't remember it at all i'm I'm guessing they didn't do a great job no not really was it anything like that episode um no all right dumb well it was pretty dumb and they don't bring my good my good tv show onto your shitty episode jesus 
Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, they wanted to deliberately leave it vague. Like, they wanted it to be menacing, but they also yeah. didn't want you to really be able to follow along. The, the problem with that is you have to, you if you're going to be vague about it, you still have to have, like, set clear rules. Yeah. Somebody has to be following rules somewhere, even if you don't tell us what they are. Yeah. The problem, though, is that is that it's not vague. It Like, it's act, it feels very simple. Do what this girl does. Have a drink at the party. Like, it's, that's not vague. Well, and not only that, but then what, what does the board have to do with anything? Yeah, right? Like, what What exactly is is Quark doing? That like, is he just point. deciding where they're going? Like, I don't get it. But they, they never move. They move. It's like this big, like, six-level funnel-looking thing. Yeah. And all they do is they move the pieces from one level to the next level down, and then Quark rolls the dice, and everybody claps their little sticks together. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you could play that with a piece of paper. Hmm. Like, you don't need, like, this huge elaborate thing that it looks like little metal balls are supposed to roll down. Like, I don't... It's just dumb. Well, like I said, I have a bias against board games because it didn't look any dumber than any other board game I've played. But that's just me, I guess. I mean, listen, it, at least they're not playing Settlers of Catan. Oh, for the love of God. I feel like I'm still playing that somehow. <laughs> you know what I really love is Will Wheaton's TV show about board games. Oh, boy. Oh, man, I actually do like that TV show. Well, you are a noted fan of Will Wheaton, so... <laughs> That's Quark. a hard <laughs> Uh, so, so at the beginning, they're all dressed in their um, in their dress uniforms, yep. except for Bashir, who apparently lost his and doesn't know how a replicator works. And his only friend is a tailor, and he can't yes. bother to get one made. It's like so, super uh, genius, huh? So, uh, Julian, uh, I noticed you don't have your homework today. What's that about? Well, uh, the funniest thing happens. Uh, it appears my dress uniform just up and vanished. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, what, you don't have a replicator? Well, see, here's the thing. Uh, it appears <laughs> that I'm completely out of replicated credits, wouldn't you know? <sighs> Isn't that the darndest thing? Isn't your only friend on this entire station the only tailor? Well, I went by Garrick's shop to see him, but apparently his <laughs> shop had exploded again. <sighs> <laughs> Can you stand it? Yeah, he should have been, like, demoted or court-martialed yeah. or something for that. Not court martial, but I don't know. What given him demerits? Is that a thing? Taken out of first contact. That's like, can, yeah. you, can you fire me for for not having a dress uniform? I'm not firing you because you don't have a dress uniform. I'm firing you because you can't tell a good lie. <laughs> well, we're you're going to be on the station. Lie. You're going to need to learn how to lie, Mister. This story yeah. has more holes in it than that uh, mercenary's nose from the last episode. <laughs> how many <laughs> holes did that have? Four. Four. So his story's got more than four holes. Yes. Very well. My, the problem with all the notes that I take, even in bad episodes, is I keep just writing things like "I love you, Quark." That's because Quark continues to be great. He was he was great in this episode, except for the exact, yeah, except for the um, one. Yeah, none of us listed it as our bad thing, but maybe we should. It's have. It's pretty yeah. fucking bad. There, you get to the point where uh, you find out that uh, one of the guys is going to have to get, I guess, kicked out of the game, and Quark has to choose which one he's going to sacrifice. Yeah, and he thinks that he's doing, killing them. Yeah, he thinks he's killing. And instead of, you know, doing that, he begs on the floor for about a year. Yep. And, down, and literally down on his knees, clasping his wrists together in a pleading uh, It's yep. too gesture. over the top to be serious, but it just goes on for way too long to yeah. be funny. And Quark, is, Quark has been such an effective comic relief character so far. It's like, okay, let's make it funny, but it wasn't that either. No. Yeah. It's just really embarrassing. Yeah, talk about undignified. That was probably the yeah. most undignified thing in the episode. Which, like, it feels like, okay, I get that that was the point, but it's still really yeah. bad. Like, I shouldn't feel this bad about it. No. And not in the, like, the way you feel bad that this guy is groveling for people's lives. Like, you just feel awkward for Armin Shimmerman, not for Quark. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Um, Cisco had some, <clears throat> Cisco had some great bits at the beginning where, uh, where they get off the ship and they're like, we want to go gamble. We don't care about you. And he's just sort of sitting there getting drunk. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, kind of like, great. first contact, huh? First God contact with an alien race. And uh, what do I do? I spend six hours at Quark's telling him, no, I don't want any more chips. <laughs> that was that was some, some nice little acting. 
on his part, yeah. I would say. I, I, and, and again, another way to distance him from Picard. Picard would have, I don't know, probably tried to get involved with the games, maybe. Yeah. I, I imagine uh, I imagine that after the 18th uh, round, Cisco decided to take a pass. Yeah, probably. Steve Quarks has a karaoke machine. <laughs> well, he does sing. This is this is a like a season seven thing. Mm-hmm. But at some point, that he does get up and sing some kind of big band type song, as I recall. Well, Cisco has a or Avery Brooks, I guess, has a beautiful voice. Well, and this takes us nicely to Flunk's quote, actually. Yeah, I um when I saw Avery Brooks at a con, and somebody asked him what the worst episode they ever did was, and his response was to simply start singing this song. Alamorain, count to four. Alamorain, count to four. Alamorain, then three more. Alamorain, if you can see. Alamorain, you'll come with me. Alamorain, you'll come with me. And it's 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 particularly great because everyone has to do it, mm-hmm. and they're all at varying levels of being into it. With Kira going, Dax is actually kind of cute doing it. Well, Dax is kind of cute well, doing everything. Y- you got me there. Yep. Uh, what else? The fuck else happens in this fucking thing? Uh, just all sort, all manner of ridiculousness, and um, the uh, I think I, the, the absolute worst part, just the most insulting part of all to me, is when the four of them reappear in Quarks and. Uh, and and they turn to the dude and he says, "They weren't in any danger. It's just a game." Oh God! Ah. Just take. You might as well about- put the wacky trumpet like right there yeah. too. It was just wah wah, quark quark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just not good. Ugh. It's like mm. it, it, as if the episode itself wasn't bad enough. Yeah, it also wasn't for anything. It's just like no, nope. eh, there nah, are no stakes were... whatsoever, and we... and we're all on the record as okay. The deadly danger subplots get a little tedious and yeah. a little pointless, but on the other hand, if nothing at all is at stake and or nothing really matters, you no. can't do a fake a cheap fake out like that where pretend that everything was at risk, and then as it turns out, it's not. Yeah, right. like it just it feels like the episode is acknowledging that it's wasting our time. Yep, and apparently the writer wanted them to be in danger the whole time, and that was a late addition to his script. Ugh. Somebody decided it should be, you know, instead should be that. I think my favorite thing reading about this on Memory Alpha, Ronald D. Moore stated that when he watched the episode prior to joining the DS9 writing staff, he was, quote, wondering if everyone had lost their minds. I need to get yeah. over there. These people need help. Yeah. Come on, guys. You were off to a great start. You had like five or six good episodes in a row. What the fuck happened? If he had seen one of the good episodes that we've been watching for the last few weeks, uh, he might yeah. have just gone straight to Voyager and fixed that. Yeah, that's true. Mm, his Voyager episodes were great. Well, I mean, they were good for Voyager, but well, listen, you can you only do make, so much. Listen, you can't make cake out of a turd. Is that how you say that? I thought it was just you can't polish a turd. No, that's true. That well, if you have your cake polish. But can you eat it too? Don't, you don't eat cake polish? What, were you raised in a barn? <laughs> I was, actually. <laughs> if I have cake, I'm going to want to eat it. I'm not yeah, just going to sit there and be... look at it. Yeah. What, why can't... else would you have cake? Well, you can't have it and eat it. Oh, man. You, you can eat it or you can have it, but you can't do both. No, which is dumb. What, what if I turn the cake into cake a turd? Yeah, what if I just want to eat it? Well, then I don't have it. Yeah. So what's the point? I guess then you get pie. Well, I prefer pie anyway. Well, you are fucking welcome to it. Case it cake is gross, and so are board games. Once you figure out how to put frosting on a pie, I'll be in. Until then. <laughs> it's not just a Pop-Tart. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, we've all learned something today, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and not about this episode. No. Nope. Because it was just terrible. This was... This, I haven't done this in a while. I'm looking over my notes, and this is just one of those ones where I stopped taking notes and just started screaming. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of caps in your notes. Yeah. That's when you can tell I'm not having a good time. Yeah. Or when you get to the bottom and it's just random key presses. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, we love this series. We've said that over and over again. And if it was all every week, just, oh, this is great, we love it, you know, that, that, that's not a show. No, it's not. But I think that's and part of what makes these two episodes so painful is is we know the show is capable of better. We've we've seen we it before it and we'll like see it since. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw it happen. I know it happened. It has happened. But, um, yeah, it, and that's the thing. If, if they had started off with... The pilot being so great and then gone immediately to, like, these two episodes, yeah. the, the, they probably would have lost a lot of people. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, fortunately, they started a lot stronger than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But 
Anyway, that's all I had. What about you guys? Um, there's the bit before Quark starts begging when he's he's explaining to Odo his system because he's a gambling addict and he knows exactly how the cards are going to work and how his luck is, goes. And, uh, and you, th- and you start thinking, that. he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a Frangi, he's a good businessman, you trust his lobes, and mm-hmm. then, no, it all explodes in his face. Yep. Like a good gambling addict. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You can't really be a casino owner and a gambling addict. No, well, those things would not be good. Yeah. I think I think he he was probably faking it, thinking that he was good, but, you know. Mm-hmm. The fact is, he's the house, and the house always wins, and, you know. It that does it have... when your uh, when your guys are that that unsubtle about pressing the cheat button. <sighs> what is their problem, man? That's just part of the game. It's an Alpha Quadrant tradition to press the cheat button. Yeah, it goes. <laughs> 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 oh man! You hold it down, it summons the cheat's hot mom. <laughs> the cheat's hot mom, always in and out of the brig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you, the cheat's hot mom. The cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Quark. Uh, anything else? We discussed briefly uh, uh, Quark trying to steal Odo's fruity pebbles. That's <laughs> an image I'm quite fond of. The problem is then that immediately calls to mind O'Brien trying to to uh, protect his Chase after him. Oh, sure. Right. Uh, anything else? Uh, uh, do we talk about the cool. awkwardly placed camera in the cave? Oh yeah, a lot of lot of lot of up the crotch shots. A lot of up the crotch under boob shots. Yeah, I wasn't exactly turned off for anything, but it's it's just not a not a flattering angle. Let's not, say not yeah. so much. No. Yeah. No. But uh, this is uh, this is the dude that directed Generations. So uh, well, think of that go. what you will. See what I did there? Yes. Okay. Generations is not a very good movie. Ah, mm-hmm. don't you don't you start. All right. Well, I believe that's all. Yep. Yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as ever, uh, the show is at postatomichorror.com. Uh, our Tumblr at postatomichorror.tumblr.com. Been finding a lot of very unusual things out there and and reblogging them. So I mean, yep. it's, you know, it's just it's just cool Star Trek stuff we see. There's really nothing yeah. more to it than that. If we see like Tumblr news that'll go on there, but mostly right, it's, exactly. mostly it's entertaining gifts and pictures. Yeah, I'm seeing quite a lot of uh, Kirk and Spock uh, uh, as a, as a pairing mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know. I guess I started Tumblr. No, people who are really it. into that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, it all just suddenly started happening in the last couple of weeks. Tumblr, that teenage like, girl that wants dudes to fuck. Yep. Hey, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. So you you might see a bit of uh, Kirk and Spock slash in there, just because when I see something particularly interesting, I can't help myself. Yeah. But uh, anyway, if you want to write to us, post Atomic Horror at Gmail. And uh, that's pretty much it. Matt, why don't you say your thing? Quark! The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2013. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.